being autistic does not mean that you can't strive for more and then striving for more doesn't mean that you want to distance yourself from your diagnosis it just means that you want to live a life that you want and not settle just because you have this diagnosis beyond ourselves is a podcast where i taylor camille share stories by those living a life fully and beyond any stigma or perceived limitations a health condition may have on their day-to-day lives for season one of this series we are highlighting women of color and more often black women whose health needs are frequently looked over and stories seldom shared Today, we are speaking with Tyler Grant, a 22-year-old autism advocate based in the UK. If you're listening in April, April is Autism Acceptance Month, though autism should be accepted year-round. After finding Tyler's Instagram and podcast, I was excited to connect with her to get a Black, British, woman perspective of life with autism. Here's Tyler. Hi, I'm Tyler. I'm 22 from the UK, and I'm a autism advocate and blogger kind of activist. I do things online to try and make autistic people feel less alone. My day job, I'm a data analyst, and I just have a real passion for social media and its power. So that's what I've chosen to use it for and to create communities around the challenges that autistic people face. I love that, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with you. The first kind of question that came to mind, and maybe you don't have it, but If you could kind of describe a textbook definition of autism, what would that be? Textbook would be autism is a sensory processing disorder. And then people who are also autistic have challenges with social situations and communication. That's generally like the broad definition that's given whenever anyone mentions it. And how would you, in layman's terms, describe autism? Autistic people think differently and experience the world differently. That's like literally there's not an area of your life that is not touched by being autistic. And what do you think it means to be neurodivergent? See, now, technically, everyone's neurodivergent because no one has the same brain as someone else. It just so happens that a large set of the population globally has a, a brain that's really similar compared to the select few who then also have these common traits that make them different and you can group them and then because we're in the minority we're the ones given the label neurodivergent but technically not everyone's got the same brain you're right everyone's neurodivergent so who's to say (laughs) who is you know just because you're the majority doesn't mean it's right when did you get your diagnosis and what was kind of the timeline of things was it an early diagnosis or later um (laughs) it wasn't as late as some women get like women typically get diagnosed later but I was diagnosed age 17 as a result of having just a really um difficult time in college then basically my grades were just all over the place and I'm like a pretty clever kid. So they're like, what's going on here? My plan was to be going to uni. They're like, well, if you carry on this way, you're not going anywhere. You're not even staying here. So mm-hmm. they sent me for a mental health assessment. It was there that the assessor was like, mm, you're depressed, but there's something else here as well, which is then what led on to doing a autumn assessment. And yeah. That's how I found out I was autistic. Didn't receive any help or support following on from that other than a couple of sessions of CBT therapy, which I then stopped because my parents couldn't be bothered to take me. Uh, Then (laughs) I went my first three years because I ended up taking four years to get my degree 
even though it was a three-year course I failed my first year but looking back it was because of all the challenges that being autistic could present whilst being uh, at university so I was in my final year looking to transition to adulthood you know looking for my first apartment trying to find a job and that time's high pressure and difficult for anyone but I was constantly facing like a load of unknowns and a lot of the problems I were having just seemed to be a lot more intense and every step was a challenge for me whereas some people could be like oh I want to apply for this job so I was like well what does that job even mean because there are lots of parts of the recruitment process and the job application stages that are challenging for autistic people, not just getting the actual job itself in terms of the interview, like even getting to the interview is really hard. What do you find people often have the hardest time grasping about your, I hate calling it a disability, but just your autism? Like, Yeah, on the point of what do you call it? <laughs> because like... Yeah. Is it a disability? Is it a difference? Is it a condition? Like everyone has their preferred word to be used. And to be honest, I'm more in the position now where I don't care what you call it as long as it's not loaded. So people in the past use the word disability and they're like loading it with negativity. And when in reality, the word disability or disabled is a word that has a lot of power that can actually help the disabled community get access to the things that they need. It's a quick word that can be used to identify someone with different needs. Like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't we use it? But the reason that it's kind of frowned upon or tried, like, skirted around is because non-disabled people have the preconception that they're being offensive using that word because they also use that word offensively. So if we just stop Mm -hmm. using it offensively, it becomes a word that can help a lot of people. Yeah, we process it as being negative, but that's just because we ascribe negative things to it. Yeah. (laughs) positive word so true so yeah Yeah. what your question was about like what's the hardest part Um, yeah so it would be in terms of like relationships and friendships I just communicate my feelings differently so I don't know if you heard of the thing called alexithymia where it's just processing emotions is challenging and there's another one called I can't remember the name for it but it just means that you don't display how you're feeling using your face very well but because of that Whenever something like good or bad happens or just Mm -hmm. general day to day, my expression or face is like usually just the same and my tone of voice is usually pretty monotone. So it's it's then received as like if you just had a conversation with me, yeah, I'm either standoffish or I'm in a mood or whatever. And it's like, I'm not in a mood. If I was in a mood, I wouldn't be talking to you. But then if I'm saying that like this, you're again thinking that I'm being a little bit aggressive. So it's like, that's one of the things that presented challenges. But the more time I spend around people, they eventually realise that this is just how I am. But then it, it takes people who actually want to stay around and want to understand me to get that this is just how I am. What other ways does your autism present itself? So day to day, I have struggles with executive dysfunction. So that basically means that there are certain tasks I struggle to do in terms of um, emotional regulation. Um, Well, the, 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 the part that it, 
see, this is part of it. <laughs> this is part of executive dysfunction. It's where you have like loads of things going on, but you can't stick to one point when you're talking. It also means that when it comes to like tidying up, so that's task initiation, unless I can see a, a clear path beginning to end, I can't start. And then when that comes to like stuff like washing up, if I've got dishes on my drying rack, but a sink full of stuff to wash, because I've got to do one thing before doing another, and it's just washing up isn't isn't a simple thing for me to do. Like it's not, ju- it's broken up into all its little parts and setting the sink, washing the dishes, putting them away. It's not just one job; it's seven. Um, yeah. Then, especially at the minute when it comes to routines, if I am. Um, out of routine or don't have a routine I'm very likely to fall into a depression so that's what I'm trying to work out of at the minute I'm I'm, because I'm working from home I used to working in the office my whole routine has just gone completely out the window um and it's also brought to light a lot of the things that I didn't realize were steps in a routine that I actually really need so just because my commute's gone I thought, oh, that's fine. Um, I can just get, get to work straight away. But the travelling to work is a transitionary task that I actually really need. But then it's a case of, well, then what do I do? Because I can't go outside. So at the minute, I've swapped my commute home for like a 15-minute at-home workout, which mm-hmm. worked last night. So I think that's something that I'm going to stick into my routine. Another thing that I struggle with is I just get bored quite quickly and easily. So when you're doing like social media series, like I've tried to do a lockdown diaries type thing so I just document mm-hmm. what was going on in my day um just a quick little IGTV thing and I got so bored of it like I've had a couple of people message like what happened I'm like I got I'm bored I'm not doing it anymore like, <laughs> and, like and it's just a thing like sticking to a YouTube upload schedule like I can't do that like it's not even the fact yeah. it's a self-imposed deadline it's the fact that if I don't want to do it I'm not going to do it there's no implications like if I'm letting you down and you're let down, that's your business. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not even sorry because if I was sorry, I'd have uploaded the video, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> so trying to grow and reach more people on social media when I have an attitude like this is pretty it's pretty challenging. So like, I'm trying to find workarounds for myself. The, the easiest way to explain what being an autistic adult is to... It's like having a three-year-old it's like I'm parenting myself but in terms of like the foods I eat are really simple but some autistic people have a lot more diverse palate than what I do and I get everyone has like oh I'd rather eat chocolate than eat this veg but I would rather not eat at all than eat this veg so it's like <laughs> well, I th- there'll be weekends well I've gone a whole weekend without eating because I don't another thing that comes with being autistic for some people is that again, like some traits, some autistic people have more than others. I end up forgetting to eat because my eating isn't based on having a sense of hunger. It's more Mm. based on the time of day or the activities I'm doing. So Mm. I can't start work unless I've got a bowl of like cereal or well, I have porridge every morning. Unless I've got that with me, that's when I get into work. And then for around lunchtime, I generally look at the clock and it's one o'clock. I'm like, right, okay, just go get something to eat now. And then Mm -hmm. I end the day with a meal. Like, so my food's scheduled around work. But then when I don't have work at a weekend, what do I go off? Mm -hmm. So that's why I tend to forget to eat at the weekends because I don't have that sense of hunger to to remind me. Same again with hydration. I have this uh, litre water bottle that I fill at the start of the day and I fill at lunchtime on a weekday. But at the weekends, I don't have that 
block of a task in there. And especially if I'm like out and about, it adds a bit more complexity to it. So it's like, and then if I forget, or if I don't realise that I've not eaten for a while, the same with anyone who gets a bit hangry, but I turn vile. Like I no, it's it's not like I, I would laugh, but it's not even funny. Like yeah. yeah, I was with I'm just thinking about this one time when I was in university in my final year, I was with my friend. Everything she said, I was just a complete like bitch. And she was like, What is wrong with you? I'm not a mean person, I'm not a horrible person. But when it gets to that state and I'm burnt out and I just can't be bothered with people as you tend to be when you can't be around people I'm really rude and I'm really mean um, yeah we'd sat down in the library and then I was thinking through my day I was like I've not eaten and she's like when was the last time you ate and I was like lunchtime yesterday she's like right we're going to get food because I'm not sitting with you in this mood <laughs> <laughs> but it's things like that you'd think a 22 year old would know when they need to eat but I just don't well I think it's it's interesting because that's a problem that even I can relate to and I think a lot of people can relate to just that there's times where you're not in tune and or you forget but how has it been keeping friendships and being able to like feel like you can be yourself and have those moments and then you'll be able to regroup the way I make friends is a bit weird I feel more comfortable making friends with someone if we've got a common interest so then that's something we could always fall back on and talk about other than that this whole like oh let's check in oh let's go for drinks I can't do that I just don't like why are you in my presence what what are we doing what is the purpose of the social interaction I need a goal like I've been doing a bit more research around me just so I can understand myself a little bit better so I've been doing more research around autism and there's this thing called parallel play so in autistic mm-hmm. children in all children they go through levels of play as they're developing and autistic children tend to get stuck or not stuck but they tend to not progress past parallel play and even now in myself, I can see that in the way that I like to socialize. Like I will happily be in a room with someone and because I like editing content for online stuff, like I'll be sat on my laptop and they can be sat on my laptop. And that is the most fulfilling social time for me ever. The second you take my laptop away and I've got to talk with you or we have to work together on something or we're playing like a board game, I'm uh, I'm out. I can't, no, leave me like, what do you want? It's just really, it's really draining. It's demanding. It's like, just something that I don't vibe well with but in terms of having friends I have like two and then because I struggle to communicate how I'm feeling and what's going on and it sounds bad but it is a lot of effort to get someone else to understand the autism trait without them then saying oh we all have that or oh I go through that as well it's like you don't understand it's the severity and frequency that's what makes the difference between Even with autistic burnout, because millennial burnout is a phrase that was being thrown around a couple of years ago, and it's kind of trivialised autistic burnout. So whereas millennials burn out when they're doing dumb stuff and there's too much pressure on themselves at work, or they're just not having a healthy routine, even with the most perfect routine, going to work and eating right and having everything in place, if the temperature changes and I wasn't expecting it, I could have an autistic burnout genuinely. Mm. do you have anyone in your your family that has autism or any friends no one around my age apparently I have a cousin that's autistic um Mm. but I don't think I've met them I've got a really big family so (laughs) and then I only really came out as autistic last year and 
a lot of my friends are are neurotypical. Got it. It's funny to hear you say came out as autistic. And yeah. That's true thing. It's like you don't have to disclose that, but you chose to. Well, it was accidental. Well, I, basically what happened is I started a blog just under my name because I just wanted to write stuff online. Like I needed a hobby once I'd, I used to be a nightclub promoter so once I finished running my events I was like I'm gonna need something to do I really like social media but I didn't want to have an influencer profile in terms of look at me I wanted to have a purpose behind it but I hadn't really thought of what yet so I started a blog under my name just to have like a CV on there get jobs with and stuff like that um, and just to write about things that I see and like and then one of the posts was an about me and I just included it and people picked up on it and I was like oh well I guess that's out there now then <laughs> um, and then that's when I got all the oh you don't seem autistic oh I'd have never thought and I'm like oh god okay great you say one more thing that's offensive and you don't realize go on I dare you <laughs> I think that's you know an interesting thing because even in your Instagram bio and like hashtag you use do I look autistic yet that's a super interesting conversation starter like what does this look like and why does identity with autism so pervasively is it white young male I think people with disabilities and differences are othered but for so long race has been the othering factor that no one ever bothered to no one meaning white people didn't bother to delve any deeper or so institutional racism and stuff like that it's like you're black that's bad enough it's not a level playing field, but we're getting there. We're making progress, having conversations about other difficulties and other differences that also affect people of colour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. It's like almost trying to ignore anything else that we might be facing because our race is, is the hardest thing. Or like... Yeah, well, it's, like, it's, like it's the one that pick up on the most. I think I wrote a blog post a while ago about why race will always be part of the autism conversation because before I open my mouth, before I say anything, before I tell you I'm autistic, which is what I'm going to have to do because there is no way or visual representation of autism, I'm black. Like, you can't look at me and think, oh, maybe she's black. No, she is. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I wouldn't want it other way. I wouldn't want to be able to choose because our race dictates so much about our experience. Oh, follow It's interesting just how often people do fly under the radar because there's late diagnosis because you think that this is a a problem that I can't be afflicted with because I'm Mm -hmm. Black. It's really interesting to see our brains, our quote-unquote neurotypical brains, (laughs) bucket things like that. I think one of the contributing factors to me having such a late diagnosis is that I am Black. Like I went to a predominantly white school, uh, all of my teachers were white, and any challenges that I presented in the classroom which looking back now were clearly autistic traits they were just labeled as bad behavior which is the case in a lot of boys so that's already making it harder for me to get diagnosed I would get in trouble or wouldn't want to play outside and I'd hide under tables in the classroom in the height of summer when everyone was outside having fun like was that not a red flag (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's really bizarre. It's like, if I appear differently, you would process this differently. And that's so unreal to me. But the other thing you talk about, and I see a lot browsing blogs, is the idea of masking. I don't know, I just thought that was an interesting topic I kept seeing. From my experience when it comes to masking, 
because I've always been in predominantly white settings, I've naturally toned down my blackness. Then when it comes to being autistic and thinking differently and socially interacting differently, I've had to not do that. Like, I can't just say what I want to. Not that it's anything bad and not that it's anything, like, harmful or or just mean. It's just that it's not what people say. So in order for me not to be met with what the fuck looks, I have to speak how other people speak and do things that other people do. The harms of masking come when you not forget who you are, but don't know who you are because all your life you've been doing things what other people say you do to have friends. Yeah. When did you feel like you felt like you could unmask or do you feel like you're kind of in this in-between where in some situations you mask and then in others you've decided maybe to just be you? I mask for the sake of an easy life. It's a lot easier to mask. And I know that the prevailing message in the autism community is like, unmask, be you, let your true self out. So I, I would if I had that privilege. I need a job and there are certain things I have to do in an office. I think part of the unmasking conversation as well has a lot to do with boundaries and just expectations constantly being available and knowing when to talk what to do on a zoom chat like that's still social interaction and communication it's still just as challenging as it was to go to the bar for a drink so um in terms of masking now me putting myself in a position where I am replying to texts when I really don't want to having conversations that I really don't want to it's I'm saying one but it goes beyond want because me doing those things means that I'm burning out and having loads of burnouts just then have an impact on your mental health. Yeah. Your community that you're building on social is really powerful and really informative and probably international at this point. <laughs> it actually, it's mad. At one point, and I think I still do, I have more like American followers than UK-based, which is a bit weird. What? But- yeah I think it's like a third I think 40% is from the US 30 is from the UK and then the rest is worldwide what do you hope people take away from your mini platforms one of the things that's always annoyed me is being told no and being told you can't do that being told this isn't for you and I know that I'm at the minute not doing anything crazy or outlandish or out there I'm just living what nine-year-old me this is the life I thought I'd be living before I knew Mm -hmm. I was autistic and before I had those limitations placed on me by other people so I just want other autistic people to see that it is possible like you can live this life if you do certain things a certain way you just need to put the accommodations in place for yourself you need to speak up a little bit which is stuff that I'm still working through like I am not the perfect advocate if that even exists I just I'm me and I want to encourage other autistic people to just live a life in a way that fits them, suits them, and just be ambitious. Like, being autistic does not mean that you can't strive for more. And then striving for more doesn't mean that you want to distance yourself from your diagnosis. It just means that you want to live a life that you want and not settle just because you have this diagnosis. How have you made peace or found peace in discovering yourself or, you know, yeah. just owning who you are the biggest thing is just remembering that my phone exists for my convenience not anyone else's so 
if I don't want to reply to a text, if I don't want to check social media, if I don't want to, like, it's my phone. I choose how I use it. That brings a lot of peace. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Like, my, I pay my phone bill, not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a hard one for me, especially now, where it just feels like everyone feels like you owe them time. And then everyone knows you're just at home. So, like, yeah that's there is that there is that pressure of I know you're doing nothing it's like no you know you're doing nothing you don't know I'm doing nothing we don't live the same life yeah it's like and this time might work for you but I'm not here for it so you you have to wait and yeah. it's not to be rude and everything in our life is so instantaneous and it's like I cannot be also instantaneous like find somebody else because <laughs> it's not like I have to wrap my head around what to say to you or well me being me I started challenging people a little bit so you know you, know, you can kind of get the vibe when they're just texting you because they're bored right just send up what do you want <laughs> <laughs> and then it's usually back what do you mean I'm like are you bored yeah <laughs> I'm not so I'm gonna go <laughs> kick out me out of your little game yeah go and find someone else like, I don't know how far down your phone like your phone book you've had to get to, to get to tea but carry on keep going uh, that's the most British thing you said all interview <laughs> catch you next month on Beyond Ourselves Beyond Ourselves is an original series produced and hosted by me Taylor Camille a variety of the series artwork shared here and on our Instagram at Beyond Ourselves are created by Carmen Johns and Sierra Hood. My hope is that these listenings have left you with a warm heart and an even cooler mind. I hope you are left feeling able to seek peace in the spaces and places you may find yourself in. If you're interested in being on the pod or have any compelling leads, please shoot us an email at info at and subscribe and share if you haven't already. <laughs>